Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Robles, and I'd like to say thank you for taking the time to listen and for making this a part of your day. If you enjoy listening and would like to support the continued growth of this podcast, a great way to do that would be if you could please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to it on, and also by sharing it with those who you think would benefit and find motivation from listening. If you could do that, I would greatly appreciate it and would be a huge help. Can you recall a time when you wanted to achieve a certain goal in your life or had something that you were passionate about? When you shared it with others, they just didn't get it? Maybe you tried to explain your vision, but they couldn't see it? My guest today knows how that feels. I will go to the Olympics. I will not be satisfied with myself if I do not. Winning the Olympics to me right now is a spit in the face to everyone who turned me down because I was a wrestler or different. To every teacher who assumed I was a slut for doing it, or that I did drugs to keep my weight down. To all the people that think it is wrong, or that I will get distracted to follow through. They are all wrong. I have never wanted something so much as I want an Olympic gold. I have never sacrificed so much effort, time, and tears for something I love this much. I love wrestling more than anything. It has its challenges and its hard times, but it never doubts me. And right now, that's all I need to know. Helen Maroulis began wrestling at a time when it wasn't common for girls to compete in the sport. She was brave enough to pursue a dream when most didn't think it was achievable. Helen is a true pioneer. She's the first woman in U.S. history to ever win an Olympic gold in wrestling. But before she could reach the gold, she first had to figure out how to wrestle against self-doubt and pressure. Today, we're going to talk about how to handle pressure, what's at the end of the rainbow, and what do you do when you give everything you have towards achieving a goal, but it isn't enough. I'm Anthony Robles, and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. What does unstoppable mean to you? Unstoppable is just a, is just a mindset and a way of life. I think it's just uh, not being, being afraid to fail. Relentless. I can accomplish anything I want to accomplish when I set my priorities right, when I walk with God, and when, again, I, I live with that mindset, being the best that I can be at every moment. I think there's nothing more powerful on earth than the human will. Anthony Robles has shown us that impossible is nothing. Anthony Robles is a national champion. You're listening to the Unstoppable Podcast with Anthony Robles, brought to you by Safe Streets. Please welcome today's special guest, Helen Maroulis. Hey everyone, before we start this episode, I'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Safe Streets. Right now, you can get a free doorbell camera and $100 Visa gift card from Safe Streets, an ADT authorized provider. Simply call 844-980-SAFE. That's 844-980-7233. Well, Helen, thank you so much for joining me today on the Unstoppable Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself, Anthony? I'm doing well, just enjoying the weather out here in Arizona and trying to stay cool for the most part. But you know, I'm just uh, really excited to speak with you today because you're, you're truly one of the faces of wrestling today. And you have such an incredible story because you've accomplished so much in your wrestling career. But growing up, did you play other sports? How did you initially get introduced to wrestling? 
Yeah, so I um, started wrestling when I was seven years old. And before that, I did, you know, ballet and gymnastics, tap, jazz, all those things. And the instructor, the instructors would actually ask my mom um, not to bring me back because I was so shy that I would just look at the floor and I would shut down and I would just cry. And oh. so then, you know, my little brother got into wrestling. My older brother was into wrestling. And one day there just weren't enough kids on the team. And the coach went and told my mom, like, hey, you know what, why don't you just bring your youngest son back next year when there's more kids. And my mom didn't want to do that. So she just told me to jump in there and be my little brother's partner. And yeah, that's the rest of history. So That's pretty cool. And, and that's, that's crazy too, that you got into wrestling because you, you talk about being shy. And I mean, I think wrestling is like you're one-on-one -on -one out there with your opponent. There's really nowhere to hide. There's no timeouts or anything. So that's an interesting sport yeah. to get into if you are shy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think for me is, um, why I, I share that a lot too is just you don't have to be super tough um, to be in the sport, you know, and, and we all have our, our own um, stories from how, how we got into it. So for me, I felt like maybe being the only girl in a male sport, people didn't care that I was there. And so maybe they, the eyes weren't on me and maybe that's why I felt comfortable. But yeah, it's really cool. And I know you said your mom kind of, you know, pushed you to, to be your, your brother's uh, practice partner. So how, how did your dad react when, when you, when you finally <laughs> wanted to, you know, go out there and actually compete and say, I, I want to be a wrestler officially. Yeah, so um, after about two weeks of like, sprints and push-ups and all this hard work, I went to my parents and I said, this isn't fair. I'm doing everything that the boys are doing, but they get to compete and I don't. And so my dad, knowing my history of you know not wanting to do sports, said, okay, I'll make a bet with you. I'll let you wrestle one match. And if you win that match, you can continue wrestling. And they honestly thought that there was no way that I would step on the mat. And so I went out there and I won my first match. And so they let me continue wrestling. And that was the only match I won all year. So <laughs> only I match that matters, right? The only match that matters. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. And, you know, for me, I know when I started out, like, you know, I was born missing my leg. So I remember starting out and my teammates were super supportive. You know, they were behind me, but the reaction from opposing teams you know when I would step out there on the mat when they'd never seen me before they'd never seen this kid missing a leg it was mixed you know some of them didn't want to go out there and wrestle with me some of them were afraid to hurt me so what were the other team's reactions to you when you stepped out there and, and you know they weren't really used to seeing a girl out there competing against boys before yeah that's so interesting you say that because obviously you have an incredible story um but I, I didn't know that that there was mixed reactions from the other teams and it was very similar for me as well I always say that I think if maybe um, if the team that I first joined wasn't really supportive, maybe my parents would have said, hey, this we kind of don't want this for you. But my team was very supportive. It was other teams that, yeah, it's weird wrestling a girl. But but when I first started, actually, when I wasn't good uh, my first year, it was like, wow, look at the girl. Good job. She tries hard. So it actually wasn't an issue my first year. Once I started getting better and beating some of the boys, that's when it was like, oh, you don't belong here. I understand that in the way because almost the exact same thing happened to me. You know, it's like everyone's cheering for me. The other teams, like the coach is like, oh, you know, it, it's it's so awesome to see you on the, here on the mat and trying and they're shaking my hand. And then as I started winning, it's like, he's, he's got an unfair advantage. It's not yeah. fair. For him to be. It's like, man, you know, where, where did this come from? You know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. That's so crazy. But I think that's that's the special thing, too. Like like you said, just having my teammates support behind me, you know, just just having uh, that, that family to where, you know, you stepped out there on the mat, no matter what the other opposing team was thinking, no matter if you won or lost, they were out there, they're going to support you no matter what. And that just helped me to really kind of develop my self-confidence in the sport and just being out there on my own and kind of being able to, to handle, I guess, that negativity of the other side, you know, the people that didn't think I should be out there. I don't know if you can yeah. relate to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, most of your, your days in practice, day in, day out, it's with your team. 
And, um, and so to have their support, that's crucial. And I, I think that's really where the bonding and, and like the family dynamics and team dynamics come into play. So that that's, I've always said, you know, who knows if I would have kept, would have, you know, ever joined if the first team wasn't supportive. So I agree with you. And, and you know, you were competing at a time where, where there weren't any girls tournaments, you know, specifically only girls tournaments or, or girls state. So how did it feel, you know, once you got to that level to not only just compete, but then you got to the point where people were saying, oh, you shouldn't be out there. And then you're excelling and you're actually, you're placing in state. Like, how did that feel? Um, it, well, I mean, it was really amazing to uh, place at states. I, I know I placed my freshman year um, and yeah, it was, it was super exciting. It was nice to see all, all my hard work pay off. And actually it was after that when, um, I, I think that was very unexpected for everyone. And so actually my sophomore year, I think my first 10 dual meets, every single person forfeited to me, like every single team, um, wouldn't send someone out against me no matter what weight I went. And so it's kind of after that, that it was, um, it got tough again. Hmm. And like, how did, how did your, your, your coach and your teammates react to that, them forfeiting to you like that? Did they, you know, did they step up and support you anyway? Or So my teammates, I don't think they understood it. They, their response was like, wow, it must be great. You're 10 and 0, you know, like mm-hmm. that's so, what an easy record. That's so awesome. And to, uh, you know, my response to them was like, this isn't fair. I'm putting in all this hard work and I want to do the thing that I love to do, which is wrestle. So I want to, I want to compete. Um, and my coach who also was a, a comedian uh, part-time, I think he went up and he finally told one of the coaches, he said, listen, if you guys keep forfeiting to her, then I'm going to bring a team of 14 girls and we're going to win everything. We're going to win the counties and the regionals and the States. And, you know, we're just going to do this every year until you guys wrestle. And so, you know, kind of, you know, obviously essentially had some, some other words, but pretty much after that, they stopped forfeiting to me. I love that. That's so awesome that he did that and had your back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very important to have uh, support. Definitely. And, you know, so, so here you are, you know, you're getting to wrestling, you're excelling, you know, you're, you're placing in high school state. When did that dream of winning a gold medal first cross your mind? So, so what's interesting about uh, when my Olympic dream started is that when I was seven, that's when I started wrestling. And then after that first season, you know, when I was one of three, my parents came back to me and they said, listen, Helen, we can see that you really love this. You love to do it, but it's not an Olympic sport. It's not in, you know, universities for women. There's no future college scholarships or opportunities for you. And we don't want you to grow up wrestling boys and it's going to be weird. So they said that I had to quit and it was like, okay, my parents, I don't have a say. (laughs) Um, And then later that exact summer is when they announced that women's wrestling was going to be added to the 2004 Olympics in a few years. So my parents came back to me, and this is all, all happened over the summer before the start of the next season. They said, hey, now that women's wrestling is going to be Olympic sport, you know, we're assuming that all these opportunities are going to open up down the line. So if you want to do this again, you can. And from that age, from about like, you know, seven, eight years old, that's when I said, okay, I want to go to the Olympics because that's the reason why I'm allowed to wrestle. So that's what I knew. But it's easy to say when you're eight. <laughs> you don't really know what you're saying. <laughs> that, that's cool. I mean, you have that dream at such a young, young age, though, but that's I mean, that's perfect timing, you know, I mean, talk about your, your parents just, just telling you, you have to quit, but then that same summer, okay, wrestling for women is, is being announced. I mean, it, it just seems like there, there was just this ultimate plan for your life, just playing out as you went through, right? Like, like you first, you, you have to wrestle this match to, in order, in order to wrestle, you win that one match. And then, you know, th- th- that's so cool to see how your journeys continue to go through like that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, it definitely feels very, um, like, like faith in a lot of ways. So. So 
you you get back into wrestling or you're, you you decide you know you're going to go for the olympics and uh, you have this goal of winning the gold medal when you're young and and you started to really make commitments towards pursuing that goal uh when you moved to to michigan to train at, at mm-hmm. the olympic regional training center how did that all come about yeah so you know i think at the time when i was in high school i think there were maybe three states in the entire country with state sanctioned women's wrestling so we got a phone call my parents got a phone call from the coach at the olympic education center in northern michigan and he said you know yeah helen could go for you know wrestle her senior year of high school against the boys or she could come out to the u.s olympic education center which is a feeder program into the um, olympic training center she'll be training full-time with women she'll be training freestyle full-time year-round and you know this is a great way to really build into that um you know, into the Olympic uh, program. So talked to my parents and it was just, I don't know, it just felt right. Again, it was a crazy move. You know, I, I left my friends and everything behind. I'd never lived away from home before and hmm. just went to <laughs> Upper Peninsula and trained wrestling, trained freestyle with women for the first time full-time. And that was really great for me. Yeah, that is, it's a huge sacrifice to make it at such a young age. You're moving away from your family, your friends, you're pursuing that a goal and as if that wasn't enough challenge of just moving away from your home. You know, uh, here you are, you're chasing the gold medals, which means you have to compete against the best athletes in the world. And on top of that, no American woman in Olympic wrestling history had won a gold medal. So there's a lot of pressure and, and, and you know, there's a lot just on you. So were there times where you mentally just struggle with handling that pressure with came, that came with going after such a goal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've said this, that I've never in my life ever wanted to quit wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I claimed I was retiring after 2012 because I was devastated that I lost. But really, I have never wanted to quit wrestling except for maybe the like the last three months before the 2016 Olympics. I mean, I was I just remember just crying to God like, I don't know why you gave me the talent and the work ethic and you put this dream in my heart because I'm, I'm not the girl to do this. I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm not that girl. I, I, I'm, I'm failing. I'm going to fail. So, uh, so yeah, I remember that being um, really difficult, but again, I mean, we all, right. Any, anytime you set a, a big goal that almost feels like it's outside of yourself, you like almost have to kind of climb that peak, you know? So it's a, it's a good moment. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can relate to that. You know, I remember when I was wrestling in high school, I started when I was 14. And so I just remember, sure. you know, back then ESPN was only playing the NCAA wrestling tournament. Only like, I think it was only the championship round. And so uh-huh. I just remember watching that championship round with, with some of my teammates. And I just remember dreaming like, I want to do that one day, you know, I want to be able to compete on wow. that stage one day. So that's when I set that goal. But I felt like it was, it was pressure on me because there was no one, there was no one with one leg doing that. You know, there was no one that I encountered with one leg wrestling. And so I think at times that pressure that I put on myself uh, you know, it kind of sucked the joy away from the sport in a way. You know, I yeah. felt like even when I was winning, I, I still wasn't happy because I was just critiquing myself too much. You know, it's like it was never good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting. It's, it's so I just I love talking to athletes and hearing everyone's stories because you find that in, in some ways there are many similarities. And I think for all of us, it's like the harder you want to hold on to the goal, sometimes the the more detrimental that could be. And, and really, it's like you have to do everything for this goal, but at the same time, like, let it go and just <laughs> enjoy the moment, which is so hard to do. 
Yeah, I think that's that's the key what you said right there. Enjoy the moment. You know, my coach used to tell me you have to enjoy the journey. You know, of yeah. course the destination's important, but you have to enjoy the journey along the way. And I think that applies to life as well, right? You know, we set these goals in our lives, or you know, we, we have these dreams we want to reach, and we're just so focused on getting to the end that we fail to just uh, you know, just really soak in the moment, you know, as we're going through the journey, the little things along the way, you know, the friendships that we build, those relationships and the little victories. You know, you have to appreciate those things and I think for me personally, it's like once I started to, to realize that, you know, to enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, uh, I, I felt like I relaxed more and I was, I was just wrestling yeah. at a whole nother level because that pressure was gone. You know, I didn't have to wrestle uh, to protect something, you know, or to, to, to wrestle yeah. not to lose, you know. That's awesome that you found that before your success because that was really difficult for me. I remember I, I, um, I, didn't, I couldn't do that. I didn't. I wasn't able, and I was told that, but I wasn't really able to find that before 2012. And then um, actually before 2016, there was a, a gold medalist rower, a two-time gold medalist. And, you know, my strength coach connected us for her to give me some advice about the Olympics. I'm so excited. And she goes, yeah, listen, kid, like, you know, you're on this rainbow. You think there's this pot of gold at the end of it, but there's not. Like, there's just the rainbow, and you're going to look back and realize that that was the best part. And I was like, easy for you to say you have a gold medal like my life will not be complete until I get this <laughs> you know and then then I got it and I was like oh my gosh I I mean even I journaled the day before the Olympics like wow I feel like I already won because I have everything mm. that I wanted like this whole journey I'm just I'm I just like love this whole journey I love this life so yeah I love that about the rainbow that, that's true words of wisdom right there and you know and, and you're right it, a lot of times it does it does kind of take you getting there and then looking back to kind of realize that. And I think for me, I, I kind of had to like reset, you know, I, I kind of learned it along the way in high school, but then once I got to college, it's like, okay, I got to relearn it all over again. You know? <laughs> I, I completely forgot the lessons I learned and, you know, yeah. back to the drawing board. But, uh, you know, it, it is, yeah. it's a special thing that wrestling teaches you, you know, because, yeah. uh, you know, you, you have those, those low points, you know, you have the high points, you have the in-between things. Uh, but it's just, throughout the whole process of it, it's just building you as, as a, as an individual, you know, those lifelong yeah. lessons that you can never forget that that will take you the rest of your life. Yeah. I like what you said about the reset, because I don't know if this happened to you, but this has happened to me a bunch where I really feel like oh, I've learned this lesson. And then you reach like a new level or a new success or a new victory. And you're like, I will not make this, you know, I won't have to go through this again. And then you kind of do, you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, it was just, yeah, after winning in uh, in Rio, I kind of like lost all my confidence. Mm. And because uh, I couldn't explain to you why I won. I was like, I don't know, you know, geez, was it just like a good day? And so I spent like the whole year in 2017 trying to figure out if I was a good wrestler. Like it was crazy. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, we're, we're humans, you know, we, we, we easily forget, I think. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it happened to me, you know, in college, I, I finished, I was fourth at the national tournament. And so, you know, mm -hmm. my, my best placing, yeah. I'm, I'm all excited about that. But then, you know, my junior year, it was when the pressure came back. It's like, okay, now I, I got to get the national title. You know, this is all that matters. And then yeah. that's the year I just dropped. I went down to seventh and I remember almost quitting um, after that, that season, actually. You know, I think similar to what you were saying, it's like, I don't know if I want to come back. I don't know if I'm, if I'm good enough. You know, I don't know if I have it, what it takes to get to this whole, whole other level. And mentally, I was just, uh, I was exhausted with the whole thing. You know, it, it's uh, it's a tough thing to have to deal with. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's what those moments, you know, those those setbacks and those trials, you know, they say that the setback is just an opportunity for a comeback. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. an opportunity to grow depending on how you look at it. 
you know, you yeah. just have to learn from it, build and keep moving forward. Sometimes you will have the setbacks and those moments where you kind of pause, right? But it's like you, yeah. you pause for a second and just keep going. Hey, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we get back to it, I'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsor. Staying safe is more important now than ever before, which is why Safe Streets is one of my favorite companies. Safe Streets is the only authorized provider of ADT monitoring in the country, making them industry experts in home security and automation. Right now, Safe Streets has a special offer for our audience. Get a free doorbell camera and $100 Visa gift card with new system activation and installation. To reserve your Safe Streets offer today, call 844-980-SAFE. That's 844-980-7233. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is very true. And I think as athletes, um, it's almost like right with with wrestling. It's really not normal to be in a stance for six minutes or to like be hanging on someone for six <laughs> minutes. Um, so you have to condition your body for that. I think mentally you have to condition yourself for that as well. Um, yeah. So just like to keep having those little battles and those little victories and to enjoy that, like you said, enjoy the moment and enjoy that process. Mm-hmm. And I think the key you said right there too is the little victories. That's something I always remember my coach would tell us. He's like, you, you know, you, you got to focus on, on the little victories, those little battles. You know, you win those little things and the end outcome will take care of itself. But when you're in a match, you got to break it down, right? It's like every single position. Like if you're worrying about just getting your arm raised, then somewhere in between is when you're going to yeah. mess up. You're not focused on that. You know, if you yeah. focus on those little battles, that's, that's the key to getting to the end. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen this with young wrestlers, but I see a lot of wrestlers struggle with this where they think the harder that they are on themselves, the more mm-hmm. dedicated to the goal they are. And it's like, actually, you're just really pushing yourself towards, towards burnout. Like this, mm-hmm. like you, so you got to celebrate those, those little victories and, and find joy. Otherwise it's just, it's too long of a, of a journey. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I definitely see that. A lot. And I try to, you know, when I'm at wrestling camps, I always try to talk to the kids and like, Hey, just enjoy the journey, you know, enjoy this process, enjoy those moments where you get to hang out with your friends and you build these relationships and don't put too much pressure. You know, at the yeah. end of the day, what's most important is that you're learning something that you're having fun. You're enjoying the process, you know, because yeah. that's what's, that's, what's the most important part. If you're just putting all that pressure on yourself and uh, you know, you're not having fun, like you said, you're going to burn out. And I've seen, unfortunately, I've seen many, of my teammates just burn out, you know, yeah. and, and it's just, uh, it, it just sucks the joy out of it. And that's not a way to, to live your life. That's not a way to be an, an athlete. You know, you enjoy mm-hmm. that process, enjoy those little moments along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when kids hear us say that, I used to think, oh, they have to say that they're the coaches. <laughs> they have to, you know, and now it's like, no, for real, we, we went through this process. Just listen. <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, just, just listen to what we're telling you. And then like, oh, yeah. Finally, the, the light bulb turns on at some point. Like, they were right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I wish yeah. I would have listened earlier. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you mentioned some, some setbacks in 2012. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what were some of the, the biggest setbacks in your career to this point? Um, so I'd, I'd say two things. One was losing in 2012. And then the other was probably all the injuries uh, over the last few years. But in 2012, I hadn't lost to an American in over a year. I had qualified the weight for the Olympics. Um, I won the nationals. I was in the finals of Olympic trials. Literally all I had to do was win two matches and I was making my first Olympic team and, um, and I lost. Uh, and that was just so devastating. And then, you know, I was asked by our head coach, they wanted to bring all the number twos as training partners. 
that uh, cycle and I just didn't want to do it. Um, but I said yes. And so it was just this really like painful, but really good growing and maturing moment for me um, to just, just kind of sit in that loss and what, you know, what do you do when you give everything and it's not enough and you want to be angry and you want to find someone to be angry at or just whatever coaches yourself, the situation, whatever it may be. And then it was just at the end of the day, it was like this, you know, this isn't going to solve anything. And what kind of person do you want to be? And are you going to keep riding this roller coasters, uh, you know, the highs of winning and the lows of losing, or are you just going to care about who you are as a person when this journey is over? So that 2012 really taught me that. Uh, and, you know, I think that's really interesting what you said, you know, just going as a partner, as a training partner and, you know, wrestling teaches you so much. It sounds like that moment right there is a very, very good lesson. Just, just kind of a humbling lesson. You know, I think I've been there as well. It's like, you know, like you, yeah. put yourself, you know, you put yourself in this situation like, oh, I really don't want to do this, you know, but it, it's humbling. It's a great lesson to learn in the long run. Yeah, when, when people compliment wrestlers for being humble, I'm always like, is it by choice or is it because we have no choice? I mean, the yep. sport is so humbling. And that's what I love about it. You can, I mean, you can text someone and it will, I personally don't think that it's ever easy. Like the fact that you physically engage with someone and it's like mm -hmm. your will and your strength against theirs, you just, I think it automatically produces a respect for the other person because you're everything that, that they're giving you, you're, you know, you're giving them, it's like this battle of like wills and mind and heart. So I think you just have so much respect for that person at the end of the day. Absolutely. And, and, you know, just talk about being humbled on the mat. I mean, I think uh, a, a lot of wrestlers can relate as, and, and just think about at least one moment to where they stepped out there and they just completely just got thrown around. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I've had more than one of those experiences, but it's like, you oh, know, you, you, you go through the, the, those, you go through those beat downs, you know, whether it's in, in practice or, you know, in, in real competition, but, you know, you go through those moments and then I think it, it teaches you to appreciate uh, that experience when you get to the top, you uh -huh. know, because then you know, like what that other person went through, you know, that, that maybe that you just yeah. beat, you know, how they're feeling. And, and so it's like a, it's a bond, you know, like you said, we're out there. It's just yeah. will against will, you know, you're, you're battling. There's nothing more, more pure and more tough, but you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's a mutual respect for each other because we both have kind of suffered the same things. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things phrases I always remembered in my head is I think Drew Brees said, he said, you learn more from, from your losses than your wins, you know, and you learn more from your, from your hard times and the good times. Cause when it's good, when you're winning, it's a repetitive thing. You just basically just hit the cruise control. But like, you know, when, when you're humble, when you get broken down, you know, that's the opportunity that you, 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 you have to build, you know, to come back stronger, to really be a champion. That's what makes the champions. Yeah. You know, it's those hard moments, those uncomfortable moments where you have to grow. Yeah. I don't know if you felt this way about your junior year. Um, but I, I personally felt like, if I didn't lose the way that I did in 2012, I don't really think what, you know, I think if I made it to in 2012 and maybe not medal or whatever, I don't think I would have been able to do what I did in 2016. Like the loss was so devastating that like you just, it was like, okay, whatever I need to learn from this, I'm going to learn because I never want to go through this again. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I can definitely relate to that. Cause I remember junior year, it was the, the quarterfinals. I lost to a guy, Iowa state, his name was Andrew long. I had actually beaten him earlier on in the year. You know, and so I remember just losing and I'm, I'm back there after the match. I'm under this curtain. I'm just, I'm crying, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just broken down. But, you know, when I, when I took time off in the summer, 
I just, like you said, I remember thinking, I, I don't ever want to feel like that again. You know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to a whole nother level. But I think that loss also just took the pressure away from me because it's like, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't put so much importance on the final outcome. You know, this is my senior year. I have to enjoy the process, enjoy the moment. But also, I felt like I was wrestling for a bigger cause, a bigger goal than just uh, a trophy, you know, yeah. than, than just to get on the top of a podium. Yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting. I think when it's a goal that feels like it's bigger than ourselves, it's a, it's a different kind of motivation. So, yeah, that, that's amazing. Did, did that ever come across your mind? Because, you know, like we talked about, you're, you're trying to be the first U.S. woman in, in Olympic history to win a gold medal, you know? And, and, and for me, I was, I was thinking, you know, I know a lot of kids were kind of looking at me and, and as kind of a motivation, I didn't want to prove them wrong or, or you know, let them down. Did you ever think yeah. about, like, you know, I, I have all these, these younger girls who might be coming up in wrestling. They might be looking at me as a role model. I, I want to, uh, I'm, I'm kind of wrestling for them. Was that ever something that kind of helped motivate you along the way? Um. Yeah, I think it had to be a very, a very personal goal, but I think our motivations changed throughout. Like, you know, there were just times where I was like, I don't even care about this for myself. And you think about someone else or people that went before you that paved the way and you're like, okay, I, I can't take this for granted or I can't slack on this. Um, I remember actually after my semifinal, and I've never said, I'm not, I never say I'm going to win before I go. It's just not in my nature. Mm -hmm. um, I don't say, oh, I'm going to win this or I'm going to win that. Uh, I mean, I always plan to, but I don't say it. So I never said, oh, I'm going to win the Olympics. Not, not once. And I remember after my semifinals match, I just beat this Swedish girl and I used to get teched by her all the time. She's been second to Yoshida, you know, the last three years in a row. And so uh, she was the number two girl in the world. I just beat her. I went um, back, you know, behind the curtain and I'm getting my forms massaged out. And I turn to the therapist and I go, oh my gosh, I know I'm going to win the Olympics. And he was like, yeah, duh. Like we all, I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for the responsibility. And in like that exact moment, it was almost like this little kid dream that I had that was coming true. It was like, all of a sudden I realized like, this is so much bigger than you. And, um, and like, and what are you going to do with this victory? Right? Like, what do you do with the medal? You're not going to wear it every day. So there is something that comes with it. What are you going to do with that? Hmm. So that was, yeah. I think that that's a that's a special moment, and I think that's a, something very unique because some unfortunately sometimes I think a lot of athletes they just think it's it's all about themselves, you know, kind of just just getting what they want or you know maybe it's a, the, the the award or the contract, whatever, you know, they don't think about what you just said, you know, about that platform that they've been given, you know, what am I going to do with this, you know, how am I going to use it to kind of give back to my sport or, or you know motivate others, and I think that that's a special thing, and you know, just it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, it just kind of hits you you know, at that moment, I can, I, I can definitely relate to that as well, because I remember my senior year, you know, I'm standing in that tunnel about to run out for the final match, you know, for my championship. Oh, wow. uh -huh. And that's when it hit me. You know, I remember no way. Yeah, like, I'm, oh, I'm in, the, I remember I'm in that tunnel. And I remember I'm, I'm jumping up and down. I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm about to wrestle for a national title. Like, you know, what am I going to do after this? You know, what, what, what do I, you know, how am I going to use this to, to give back and benefit others? And I just felt like in a way the kind of pressure just all at once hit me and I was actually wiping tears from my eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm down oh, there, I'm like wiping my eyes. But what was cool was when I stepped on the mat, I remember just seeing all the fans, you know, just cheering and I looked on to my family over there in one section. I remember thinking, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to wrestle for them. You know, this is for me, you know, but this is for them as well. This is for those kids. You know, I'm, I'm going to use this platform for good, 
You know, it's not just all about me. And that's what helped uh, relieve that pressure. It's like, I felt like all these people that I'm doing it for, they're also just kind of lifting me up. You know, they're, they're, oh. they're, you know, it was cool. It was a special moment. Oh, I love that. I, lo I, I get chills. Cause it's, yeah, I feel like you can almost bring yourself right back to that moment. And, um, and it, I don't know, it, it feels like a larger than life. It's like, you don't get those moments every, every day, you know? So that, uh, it, it's surreal. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, you know, for you, I mean, 2015 rolls around and you're, you're just on a whole nother level. You know, like you mentioned, you're, you're rolling through, uh, you go on to win the world championships, 2016, you're, you win the Olympic trials, punching your ticket to 2016 Rio Olympics. Uh, I mean, just throughout your journey, looking back from, you know, 2012, when you had some, some setbacks up to 2016, where you're on a different level, what was it that, that changed? Was there something specifically like mentally? Was it more like physically and what you're doing wrestling wise? Or, you know, what would you yeah. say was like the biggest changes? I think it was a bit of everything. I remember after 2012 being like, what do you change when you feel like you've given a hundred percent and it wasn't enough, you know? And so it was just like, I actually, I said, okay, God, I'm going to give you these next four years and whatever you ask of me, I'll do it. And I felt like what he worked on more than anything was my character and who I was as a person and my heart. And the more that I just worked on those things, um, everything else just kind of fell into place. And so, um, you know, just with coaching style, I traveled a lot to Russia. I, I was, um, I had a really good group that I was training with. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just really just pr pursued it. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I like had a you know, better answer, but I just, I actually remember winning the 2015 worlds and being on the podium and they're playing the national anthem. And I was like, okay, Helen, you know, don't relax. This, this is the world championships. It's not the Olympics yet. Don't get too comfortable. Mm -hmm. Don't think that you're the best because you didn't wrestle Yoshida yesterday. She's at this other weight. So, you know, I just, I was still very hard on myself, mm -hmm. but I think I learned just like we had talked about earlier, just how to enjoy the, the process. And by the time 2016 really rolled around, I was just like, I just don't, what I, the biggest thing I actually learned from 2012 was when I gave God these next four years, I said, the only thing that I want, I don't want to have regret. That's the only thing I can't, I, I can't say, Oh, I, I want a gold medal or I deserve a gold medal because I don't, I don't know. And I don't know if in 40 years, I'm going to deserve one. I'm going to do everything that, that I believe it takes, but you can't ever just say, well, I just deserve to have it. So I was like, but I, I just don't want to have regret that, that I want, you know? So, um, I was like, if my best is losing first match, then I want to be happy with that. If my best is winning a gold medal, then I'm going to be happy with that. I think that's so awesome that you said that, you know, just not living with regret and um, really accepting the outcome because uh, that's something I, I learned along the way too, you know, is no matter what, if, if as long as I gave it a hundred percent effort, you know, as long as I was doing everything that I could do on my end uh, to reach the goal, no matter what the outcome was on the mat, I could walk away from that mat and accept the outcome. You know, I could walk yeah. away just proud of, of the result of my effort because I know that I did everything I could to reach the goal, to, to reach my greatness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think to, to add to that as well, because I, I thought that I used to do that. And then I realized what I was actually doing was making this checklist for myself that mm. was putting pressure on me to like have to be perfect all the time. Mm. Um, but like you said, when you're focused on excellence in all areas of life, it kind of just becomes a habit and it's not so much of like this chore, this burden. So yeah, I, I think just, um, you know, enjoy the process, but also just make pursuing excellence something that is just a fun goal 
for you. So if any of kids are listening, I don't know if it's for kids or not, but I would recommend that. Uh, no, that's a great lesson right there. Great, great words of advice. And it reminds me of this, it's, uh, I don't know if it's a quote, but it said like, you know, if, if you, if you shoot for the moon and you don't make it, you'll still land amongst the stars. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like, like, you know, just, just do your best and everything, you know, and if you don't reach that final result that you expected, that's fine. You know, you're still going to be in a much better place. And had you not given it a hundred percent, you know, had you just, you know, quit along the way or, you know, not tried and give it all your effort. So. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, you know, you battle through the Olympic bracket and you make it all the way to the gold medal match and you're set to face off against Japan's Seori Yoshida, who for our listeners who don't know is one of the legends in wrestling. I mean, uh, Yoshida had won the gold in every Olympic since women wrestling had become an Olympic sport. She was three-time Olympic gold medalist at that point, a 13-time world champion. I mean, she's, she's, she's it for wrestling, you know? So the two of you, you had wrestled before in the past, correct? Yeah, we wrestled twice and I got pinned both times um, in the first minute at two different world championships. So what was going through your mind, you know, before that match started? What was your mindset like? The one that I lost or the no, one no, that the, I No, the final, the, <laughs> the gold medal match. <laughs> um, I, I remember, uh, well, a couple things, but um, so I had, after I'd lost to Yoshida, I studied her for four years because I just knew that you weren't going to get a gold medal without passing through her. So there's just, you need to prepare for this person. And I kept looking for all these weaknesses, like, okay, where's her weakness on the map, you know? And then I went to Japan for a training camp for a few days and I was like, okay, where's her weakness? You know, is she, is she not lazy, but you know, is she not doing this or this? And I just couldn't find anything. I could not find a single thing. I'm like, this is an amazing person. She's an amazing woman. She's an amazing athlete. Uh, I want to be her friend. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt like the lesson kind of God taught me through that was, instead of trying to find a weakness and bring someone down to your level, why don't you just rise to theirs? Hmm. And so I really spent all this time training, preparing for her. And then when I got to the uh, Olympic finals, uh, in the warm-up, I remember the warm-up area, I told myself, okay, you cannot look over at her because if you do, it's, you're going to doubt yourself. So I'm warming up, I'm warming up. I refuse to look over. I take one glance. I see her hit this beautiful blast double. And I just say to myself, oh my gosh, this is Sayori Yoshida. She's amazing. What was I thinking? Thinking I could beat her. A silver medal is okay. I've had a really great day. You know, like silver's good. And uh, <laughs> and then right away, I just had to kind of, like you said, reset. And it, and I just was like, you know what? No, again, we're in, we can't predict the outcome before we go out there. We just have to go create it. So I'm just going to step on the mat and give it my all. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I love what you said right there about kind of rising to her level, you know, excelling to that level. I mean, I think that's, that's such a cool thing to learn. I remember having an experience with Matt McDonough, the guy I wrestled for my, my finals, yeah. you know, when I won, uh, you know, that full year, my senior year I actually had his picture in my locker, you know, oh yeah, it was right there in the back of my locker. So I would go to practice every single day and, you know, leaving, getting there, I would see his picture and I'm thinking I'm, I'm training to beat him. You know, this yeah. is, this is the champ. And, you know, so, you know, we, we had a little run in, like, I think it was like two years ago, three years ago at the NCAA tournament, you know? And so he's walking down the hallway. I'm walking the other way. I'm like, Oh, you know, <laughs> we, we hadn't <laughs> talked since the match, you know, uh, but we ended up hanging out that night and we were just talking. And he's like, he, he told me, he's like, you know, I just want to thank you because you know, that loss helped me to, to come back stronger, taught me something about myself, you know, how to rebuild. And I, I told him, I was like, well, I want to thank you because you helped me to rise to a level I didn't think was possible on myself. You know, and, wow. and, and so I think that's a cool thing that you just said. It's like, you know, not bringing her down to your level, you're going to rise to her level. You know, you're going to yeah. build yourself up to that point. And then, you know, you're just, you keep excelling that way. And that's a great way to look at things, a great mindset to have, you know, build yourself up, rise to the occasion. Don't try to, yeah. you know, bring it down to your level. 
Yeah, no, oh, it's, I, and it's like these, that, like, those kind of sports stories are the ones that I always get so excited about because, you know, it always feels like the David and Goliath or it's just that, I, I don't know, I think that's like one of the best parts about, about sport is just that opportunity to see if you can go above and beyond what you thought, you know, you were capable of. And it takes those opponents or those competitors to, yeah, like, help bring that out of you. I mean, I always said with Yoshida, I'm like, okay, I could be upset that I have this 13-time, you know, world champ, three-time Olympic champ at my weight, or I can be grateful because after this, she's retiring. And who else gets to say that they wrestled a legend? Like, if I was born a couple years later, this would have never happened. So I just, it's just, it's, it's a blessing. Absolutely. I think that's, that's the key right there. You said it's a blessing. You know, you have to embrace that challenge and the challenge makes you stronger, right? I mean, yeah. not, not just in sports, but in, in life, you know, we all have those things, those challenges, like we, we sometimes we, we kind of take a moment to ourselves and we kind of feel sorry for the situation <laughs> we find ourselves in. Like, why, why me? You know, why does it have to be so hard? You know, why am I in this situation? But it's like, you have to think about it a different way. Like, okay, yeah, this is tough. But if I get through this, I'm gonna look back and think, you know, if, if I got through that, I can get through anything that that's in front of me. You know, this is going to yeah. make me stronger. This is going to make me better. And you have to see it that way, like, like a blessing, you know, it's not yeah. fun in the moment, but you to, <laughs> right. You have to think like, like the, the big picture, right. It's like, this is yeah. going to make me better. This is going to make me the champion. This is going to make me stronger in my life. You know, you mm -hmm. have to embrace that challenge that you're currently in for the final outcome that's going to give you. Yeah. And this is exactly what you said. If I make it through this, I'm going to be so much better mm -hmm. because most times when I'm in that moment, I'm like, oh man, is this the moment where I ruined everything for myself? Like, this is my failing moment. Like, how did I get myself here? I shouldn't be here. And then it's like, wait, no, relax. Like, this could just be the challenge that you need to overcome. <laughs> so yeah, I have to remind myself of that more. <laughs> so can you just break down like how that, that final gold medal match uh, went down? Mm -hmm. Like, how did it play out? Yeah, so um, I, you know, I knew that she's a very, very strategic wrestler. She's very smart and very good body position. So to be honest, it wasn't the most exciting. Um, I think they put me on the shot clock first. And then the second they put me on, I just made a decision like she can have the point because I knew that she's going to want me to get nervous, try and take a quick shot, and then she'll capitalize. So I just honestly it was a, a very big mental mind game battle. So I was just kind of letting her know like I'm not afraid of you and I'm not afraid of waiting and like let's go. So they put me on the shot clock. Um, it's one zero. So I'm going in the last three minutes of wrestling, losing in the finals. And, but I knew that they were probably going to put her on the shot clock the second. And I think she knew that too. So she went for some attempt, maybe like a headlock or something. And I just kind of just, I don't know. I've never really drilled. I don't know. It was just like a tussle and pulled behind her, got, got the two. And then again, I was like, this woman is, has the best offense in the world. So the next, you know, two and a half minutes, it was just, um, defending and uh, I think she got on my legs twice and just like thank god I don't know I, just, I held on for dear life you know you're like you could just rip my leg off like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm not I'm not going for this takedown mm -hmm. so it ended up being a 4-1 the final score Helen Maroulis looking to become the first American woman to win a gold medal at the Olympics in freestyle wrestling. A little thought to collect herself and then down to business against Yoshida, who is chasing history herself. Maroulis with the lead, 2-1 for the United States. Maroulis protecting the lead, but as John alluded to, trying to find a way to see if she can get more points against a wrestler that's lost twice in 14 years. Helen Maroulis is going to dance her way into history for the United States.
States the first ever Olympic gold medal for a woman's wrestler in U.S. history. And she does it against the nearly unbeatable Siori Yoshida of Japan. That's so cool what you said, you know, just being patient and, you know, clearly you were in the moment, you know, you're just breaking it down moment by moment, being patient, you know, just, just thinking about those little things, you know, just waiting for those opportunities that you wanted and not forcing something, you know, and, uh, you know, that's something I, I I understand completely. I did the same thing in my finals match. I was breaking it down. I was like, okay, you know, I I know he's been, he's been starting out his matches kind of slow, you know, he doesn't really score, get active on his feet until like second period. I'm going to attack him the first period, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's like, like breaking it down. You're like, it's like a chess match, right? Yeah. I was just going to say that. It's like chess with your body. Mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so neat because there's so much that just goes into wrestling. It's so much that goes into the sport, into the matches that, you know, people outside of wrestling don't really understand. You know, it's not just yeah. like we're just going head to head, you know, just slamming each other around. Like it's it's an art. There's so much going on in our minds, you know, how we're setting up yeah. our opponents, you know, planning things for later on in the match. And it's neat. It's it's a special, yeah. special moment. It's hard to explain. Yeah, definitely. Man. I took the words right out of my mouth. I'm like, it is, it is such an art. I think people think it's um, just this brute fight or this battle, but no, it's, it's super calculated and, um, and you're reading the other person and they're reading you and yeah, it's, it's like a dance almost as well. So it's really cool. Definitely. So, you know, you're, you're battling out there, you're going through these, these different positions and, you know, the time, the time's winding down the clock, right? You, you, you know, you're, you're up on the, on the scoreboard and you're just trying to wrestle smart. So, what was that moment like when, you know, the match ended and you finally, like, it hits you, like, you finally reached your dream that you'd been chasing for so long? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That moment was surreal. Uh, I remember the, yeah, so when the time stopped, I felt like these blinders came off, mm-hmm. like blinders that were on maybe for the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it's weird because people, like, in that, in that whole match, I knew I was going to win. But when it came off, you know, people are like, why did you look so surprised? You know, you're crying. Why do you look like surprised? But I was surprised because I was like, wow, I can't believe like normal people can win the Olympics. Like, mm. This is so cool. Like normal people can win because, you know, athletes, they're really, you know, celebrated. Olympic athletes are celebrated. And so my whole life, I felt like they're these superheroes and you need to have superpowers to be one of them. And I just never felt like I was that. And I never felt like I was good enough. And so I learned that day that you win with your strengths and your weaknesses. And I just thought back to eight-year-old Helen and 10-year-old Helen and 13-year-old Helen and 17-year-old Helen and all, all those girls that at the time I didn't think were enough, you know, for this goal. And, and you know, maybe they weren't at the time, whatever, but they just all accumulated to this moment. So it was just really amazing. I, I love what you said right there about, you know, you win with your strengths and your weaknesses, you know, and, and that you're, you're enough, you know, and, and that's something that, uh, I had to learn along the way is like, you know, my coach used to say, you focus on your strengths, not on your weaknesses. You know, of yeah. course, you're going to have those things. But, you know, I think what as human beings, what we tend to do in sport and in life as well is like, you know, we tend to immediately kind of focus on on why we can't reach a goal, you know, why yeah. it's hard, like what our weaknesses are, instead of focusing on why we can do it, you know, what are our strengths, you know, what can we build on? Yeah. And I think as athletes, too, we can be very like, formulaic I don't even know if that's a word but you know we're always looking for these formulas like tell me what I have to do to win you know okay coach tell me what to do tell me what to do how can I measure it how is it measurable how can I know that I'm ready for it to achieve it to attain it and 
you know, and you can't, right. You just, you, you go out there and you, you give it all that you have. And so I, I think sometimes people will try and put these limits on themselves. Like, okay, well, when I fix this confidence issue, I'll be ready to win. Or when I don't struggle with this anymore. And it's like, no, just, just go see what happens. You know, just, just go step on the mat, go, go let loose. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, a little while ago, what you said about, you know, kind of having that, that, uh, thought where you know you saw athletes is having like a superpower you know it's where like they they're always perfect they're always confident in their abilities you know they're always on their a game it's like no they're they're just like normal people you know yeah. they, they just they just overcome those those instances where they're challenged you know when they face a setback when they fall when they have the self-doubt you know when they have the anxiety you know they face those problems and, and they wrestle through it and you know to me that's why that, that word unstoppable, that's why we, we call this the unstoppable podcast. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not undefeated. It doesn't mean that, mm-hmm. you know, you never have doubt. It means that, you know, when you face those things, you know, when, when you're feeling like a normal person who has the doubt right. and has those down times, you push through that, you know, and, and, and you, you embrace that. Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. And it's just, it's awesome that you're just so particular with, with the word because yeah, it, it, it matters. Um, and I think everyone, everyone has a battle, right? Like everyone, and everyone has their own thing to overcome. Like maybe the thing that I had to overcome is different from, you know, someone else from you and like everyone. So it's, uh, we all have our own little victories that we, um, yeah, that, that we can attain. So. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's definitely about those victories that we can personally attain. And it's like, you know, when, when I remember being in wrestling matches where it's like, you know, especially early on when, I'm going through and, and, and I might be down quite a bit on the scoreboard, you know, and it, it might be, it might be looking like, you know, as far as getting my arm raised at the end, it's yeah. not going to happen. Right. But it's, like, <laughs> but it's like, at that moment, it's like, okay, what am I wrestling for? You know, it's like, I, I still, I can still wrestle to, to my best. I can still not give up. Right. I can mm-hmm. still kind of push to the very end, you know, finding those little battles along the way, those little victories and, and just choosing, choosing to never give up. You know, and, and, and that's a, a victory in itself. You, you don't quit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you'll, I think that's what's cool about wrestling too, is that, you know, if it's another sport like basketball and it's 90 to zero, there's like no chance. If there's 30 seconds left, there's just, it's physically impossible. But wrestling, <laughs> you could be losing nine zero, 30 seconds left. And somehow you could throw, you know, someone on their back and pin them. So I think it just uh, kind of having that pin roll just, maybe solidifies that belief for us that like it's never too late and just mm-hmm. yeah like you said never give up yeah there's always an opportunity to win right <laughs> I have painful memories of that too I remember I was up one time I was up 13 to zero I got headlocked and pinned freshman oh. year yeah so <laughs> there's always a chance to get the win right that's where the humbling aspect also comes in <laughs> definitely we can never sit on a victory <laughs> uh. so you know, so how did, uh, you know, you win this gold medal. How did your, your family and your friends react to you winning? I mean, just that, that moment where you just get to celebrate with everybody. Oh, man. You know, it, it, it's just been amazing. You know, I, I know we talked about moving to the Olympic Education Center. I moved away when I, from home when I was 16. And I remember actually the year of the Olympics, I think a few months before, my dad said to me if he could do it all over again, he would have never let me um, leave or he would never let me wrestle. And I was hmm. like, what? why and he goes you just like I just missed out on all this time with you mm-hmm. and he didn't like regret it. it's not that you know my, my parents are so supportive of my wrestling they did everything um for me for my wrestling so but I, I it was just really cool to see that like oh you know my dad doesn't like need me to win this or to be this amazing athlete like he just 
wants more time with his daughter, you know? So, um, to get to celebrate that moment and all of us together and it just, you know, oh, it was amazing. So my brothers were there. They saw me wrestle. I think that was the first time my family saw me, or no, 2015 was the first time my family, my family saw me live, wrestle really? live at an international freestyle event. My wow. family. And then they came to 2015 and then they came 2017. So I think after that, they're like, this is fun. (laughs) That's really cool. And I think that's a a, a unique thing that that we don't always think about, you know, as athletes, especially is that, yes, as an athlete, you're, you're sacrificing a lot, you know, just, just, just the time you put in, but your, your family is also a part of it as well. You know, your, the time that you, you don't get to spend with them because you're away training. And, and so really it's a, uh, you know, I guess it, I don't know if affects the family is the right way to say it, but it's like, you know, everybody has kind of like a stake in it, right? It's like your support system, everything around you, you know, they do play a part and, you know, it does affect you in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't understand (laughs) that yet, but I can imagine that for, you know, parents, it's, it's a whole different level of sacrifice. Um, So it just, it's cool that you get to celebrate it with them, you know, and, and honestly, they, they, I think they feel the pain. I, I honestly think it's easier to feel the pain of your own loss than to feel the pain of someone else's, mm-hmm. you know, um, when, when you're just sad for someone, it's like, Oh, it's so much harder. Cause you can't really do anything to, to fix it. But, uh, so I, you know, my parents, I mean, they've, they've been on the roller coaster ride with me. <laughs> and so I know it's been a journey for them as I'm sure it's been for, for your mom. So it definitely has. And it's funny you say that because I had three brothers as well that wrestled and oh, wow. yeah, one of them took second in the state in his senior year of high school. And so I, I just remember like, you know, I'm sitting in the crowd, you know, we're cheering, it's going back and forth. Then he went to overtime, but just to see him lost, I was like, man, this, this hurts more than when I lose. Cause like you said, right. It's like, you can't do anything to, to help them, you know, but yeah. it's, it's their journey to take. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, losing an overtime, man. I feel pretty, that's, that one is painful. Yeah. The, the closest ones sting the most, but yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so here you are, you're, you're, you're celebrating with your family, a gold medal, what was your celebration meal after winning the gold? Did you have anything like specific, like you, <laughs> like that you've been craving? I know wrestlers, right? We got to watch our diet. We, we can't eat certain yeah. things. Like. <laughs> I have a sweet tooth. And somehow the word got out that to the like NBC, uh, all the media people. So while they were taking me, I think it was either right after doping or to the media, um, you get to do all this like media after. And this woman comes up and she's like, yeah, we heard you're the one that like likes chocolate. So here's chocolate ice cream, here's chocolate cookies. And I'm just like, you know, stuffing my face. <laughs> I think I ate chocolate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for maybe like three months after. Nice. <laughs> what was your victory meal? Um, well, I had, I had meals that night. I mean, I had uh-huh. steak. I had a steak afterwards. Uh-huh. But then later that night, um, you know, we're, I'm in the hotel room with, with uh, one of my teammates and we order pizza, pizza. So I had pizza and then I love, I'm a sweet tooth as well. So I had a cookie dough ice cream, but oh. I, I had a two liter bottle of root beer. And so I just, you know, root beer flow. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah, I, no joke. I woke up the next morning, like cold sweats. I was just so yeah. nauseous. I, yes. Oh my, <laughs> I got, yeah, my skin hurt to touch. Yeah. I was like, this does this doesn't seem right. <laughs> it's like my body was hating me after that. I was like, oh, yeah. this, but this hurts. It's so good though. It's like, oh. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, adapt. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, a special moment. You know, you got to celebrate a little bit. You know, yeah. but 
you know, so looking back, I mean, just on your journey, I mean, winning the gold, how did your perspective change on, on that wrestling journey? Did it change at all for you? In 2017, I didn't, I remember actually when I came off of the winning the world championship in 2017, that one actually I don't want to say it was the most important to me, but I remember in 2015, it was like, okay, I was at an Olympic weight in 2016. It, you know, I was hearing, you know, was it, did I just have a good day? Am I, am I really a good athlete? Or was this just like an amazing day? Mm-hmm. And then by 2017, when I won, it was like, okay, I think I'm actually a good wrestler. And I remember being on the podium and just thinking, like, I don't, I don't know if this was all worth it this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that one I chased winning, um, to prove to myself that I was enough. Whereas in 2016, I felt like I was enough before I stepped on the mat. Hmm. And so, you know, it, I think the injuries and everything that came from 2018 really kind of humbled me to remind me, like you said, we're like relearning these, some lessons. So, um, and now I, I feel like I'm in that place where I just, I love life. And I'm like, man, it's just grateful to be on the journey. Like I had a brief stint in retiring and hmm hard life is hard and the athlete life as hard as it is it's like it's so short and so I just want to enjoy every second of it mm-hmm. absolutely so. and, and I think that's that's a, a very uh, uh important thing that you said about just kind of uh you know those those injuries that kind of being a moment to where it, it kind of it kind of in the end it kind of helped you to mm-hmm. come back you know and I think that's something we 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 have to remember too is like you know sometimes w- with our setbacks you look for those things you know, along the way that that'll help you improve, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, dealing with injuries and things like that. But, you know, you, you have to think positive throughout those moments as you're going through it, even though it's hard, you know, find the little things, you know, I remember I, uh, uh, it was my, let's see, my sophomore year, uh, towards the end of the season, I was out for two months with an illness, oh. I couldn't wrestle. And, you know, so I'm like, I'm stressing out, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to come back. But I, I think in a way, it kind of helped me to recharge. You know, it, it kind of, it made me anxious to get back on the mat, kind of helped me to uh, re- kind of let my mind refresh, you know, yeah. and like, we don't yeah. think about those things through, through the struggles, you know, but oftentimes the struggles we go through can be a big blessing in the end, you know, kind of yeah. forcing us to take a pause or, you know, to kind of take a break for a second and reevaluate things in our lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think injuries teach and grow people, um, sometimes you know quicker than than just the challenges day in and day out on the mat because yeah your decision your ability to choose to do what you want to do is taken away you don't have a choice you can't do it and uh, and then it just makes you think about you know everything that you may have taken for granted or everything that you want to do that you can't do right now so yeah it will it's definitely like you said a good recharge for sure and and so i mean you're in a position now like like i said you're you're one of the the faces of of wrestling and, and, you know, women, women's wrestling, it's continuing just to grow in an, an amazing rate at the youth level. Do you have any, uh, anything you'd like to say to young women who are considering getting into wrestling or, you know, to parents who might be, might be on the fence about letting their kids wrestle? Yeah. So I think, you know, if a girl wants to get into wrestling, it's probably going to come down to her parents, you know, giving her permission. If my mm-hmm. parents had said no, then I would have never wrestled. So I'd probably want to speak more to parents and just that, the same thing that this sport can can give your son or can you know give young boys through just character development and, and through hard work and teaching resiliency and and what it's like to commit to goals and all these things wrestling will give that to your daughter and i just think there's something really unique uh about wrestling as a combat sport different from i think most other sports so i definitely think that you know every every kid should try it you know at least for a year and um for girls that want to try 
I would say that definitely if it's something that you want to do, just go take a chance and also um, just know that it looks totally different. The whole landscape and culture, it's totally changed. You know, 20 years ago when I started, there was, I think, two or three states with state-sanctioned wrestling. Now we're at 30 states uh, out of 50, and um, we uh, women's wrestling just got added as emerging sports status. Mm-hmm. So and so for NCAA Division One schools, it will, you know, be added soon in a couple of years. So those opportunities are going to be there, and um, and it's yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's so cool to see because I know my old high school, Mesa High, they do a wrestling tournament every year. It's an Anthony Robles freshman tournament, and I think oh. it was it was a year ago uh, they added uh, a girls tournament as well. And so, like last year, I remember, you know, I was there handing out medals for the, the finals round. And it was so cool to see because, you know, on one, one mat they had the boys wrestling, you know, through their tournament and then had the girls yeah. going through their, their championship. And there were so many girls that showed up to wrestle. And, I mean, it was just awesome to see that, you know, because, yeah. I mean, like you said, just, just the lessons that we've been able to take away from the sport that it's been able to teach us and those things like the self-confidence and, and all those things, overcoming challenges. Yeah. It's just so neat to see how now, you know, the girls are being able to, to experience that, you know, experience yeah. what the sport can bring and, and, and just to see it continue to emerge as an, an NCAA sport soon. It, it's just really cool. I love it. Yeah. And I, I feel like wrestling is one of those sports, like you either love it or, you know, or you don't want to like, it's, <laughs> it's too hard to, to be like a casual. So I mean, the, the the people that the boys and the girls that go out there, I mean, they really, they love this sport. You know, we grew up, we love this sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you just want, you want kids to enjoy that. Right. And, and I think that's where they'll get the most benefit. You know, um, you'll, you'll work really hard for the things that you love to do. And, and so I just, yeah, I want those opportunities to continue to be there. Definitely. So, I mean, for you personally, aside from, from training, is there anything that you're currently working on right now that you're, you're really excited about? Yeah, so um, right now I'm filming um, a documentary about my comeback to Tokyo, now Tokyo 2021. So that's been really fun. Um, we've also been working on a campaign called How She Wrestles, our women's national team set it up. And so we just um, are working to bring more media coverage uh, to the women in the sport and to have all of our voices heard. That way young girls can, you know, see and, and hear all, all of our stories and, you know, hey, I relate to that girl. Oh, what that person said, you know, that reminds me of something I'm struggling with. So we just wanted to be more inclusive and be more visible. That's really cool. I mean, just just continuing to grow the sport and just to share your story and and your comeback. So the documentary, is that going to follow you all the way through the Olympics and then uh, get released after the Olympics? Or, you know, is it going to be something that's going to be kind of released during your journey? No, yeah, I think it's going to follow me through the Olympics and then be released after. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I bet. I mean, congratulations. I, I can't wait to see it. That's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, I thank mean, you. Thank you. Likewise. So with, you know, with, with COVID, you know, impacting everything right now, like has that affected your training much and, 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 you know, just kind of moving forward and preparing for the Olympics? Have you kind of like, you know, just maybe let off the gas pedal a little bit or you just kind of, you know, just kind of full steam ahead? So it's kind of interesting because I was injured for the last 15 months and I started wrestling in January and I did the Olympic qualifier in March. So I had three months of wrestling under my belt and I was going to try and essentially go from January to August for the, these Olympics. So to have a whole nother year at the time, I, you know, didn't want to wait. I mean, I wanted to wait for health reasons, 
globally, obviously I understand that, but I was wondering, oh, you know, can my body take another year? Mm-hmm. And now I'm super, I'm actually super thankful for that extra year. So I've gotten to cross train and just continue to, to just heal and get stronger and get more of my awareness back in wrestling. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm feeling good. Good. Happy to hear it. What are the best ways for people to, you know, just kind of follow you through your journey as you're preparing and you're training? How can we support you? Thanks. Um, yeah, I'd say, you know, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, uh, I'm, I'm on those platforms the most. And it's just at Helen, H-E-L-E-N underscore Marulis, M-A-R-O-U-L-I-S. So I know we're, you know, we're winding down on, on time. So if it's okay with you, um, I'd like to wrap up with uh, something uh, as a wrestler, you know what it is, you know, the term short time. So, oh. <laughs> so oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So what I want to wrap up was with this interview with is uh, the short time questions. So what I'm going to do okay. is ask you a couple questions and you basically, you just say the first thing that, that pops into your head. Okay. All right, here we go. So first question, what's your favorite book or movie? Uh, I like the Bible or Jacob the Baker the baker for nonfiction. All right, nice. What's your favorite quote? Uh, favorite quote. Um, <laughs> it's I, it's a long quote, so I don't think I have it down. But it's to love is to see, and to see is to die. For in seeing will be the death of the ego. I like that. All right, and final question: What does unstoppable mean to you? Ooh. Unstoppable means um, resiliency and a decision to push through regardless of the circumstances coming against. I love it. Awesome. Helen, thank you so much for just being so gracious with your time and just sharing your story. I'm going to be cheering for you as you're training for the next Olympic run. And, uh, you know, good luck to you. Enjoy the journey and go get that gold medal. Thank you. And you're super inspiring. It's like just such an honor to sit down and, and speak with you and just to see everything that you've done in wrestling and now outside of wrestling. So that's always great for us wrestlers to look up to and like, well, you know, you're, uh, you're taking on new, new tasks and new challenges and totally different realms. So it's just, it's really inspiring. Uh, that's an honor to hear you say it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, for the wrestling family, I've just, uh, I've enjoyed the journey, just trying to do the best that I can with the platform I've been given. So uh, you know, I'm going to continue to grow and support you guys and support the sport as much as I can. So thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right. You take care. You too. I really enjoyed my conversation with Helen. She had some terrific insight on goals and the journey you had to take to reach those goals. I love what she shared about the journey being like a rainbow and how we expect there to be a pot of gold at the end of it. But when we get there, we realize that there isn't. All we had was a rainbow. It's important to remind ourselves to enjoy that rainbow. I also thought it was powerful when she shared what she asked herself. Are you going to continue to ride the highs and lows of winning and losing, or are you going to care more about who you are as a person when the journey is over? I have to be honest, guys. As I'm recording this, I'm coming off a loss. I just fell short of a goal. For about a year and a half, I've been training to break the Guinness World Record for most pull-ups in a minute while wearing a 100-pound pack. The number to beat was 16 reps, and in my training, I had beaten the record, so I was feeling confident. I had the opportunity to make my official attempt in Nashville, Tennessee, during a halftime of a Tennessee Titans football game. I came short in my attempt. I did 17 reps, but only 15 counted. I was crushed. I felt defeated. Over 20,000 people in that arena and thousands online saw me fall short of my goal. 
I felt like a failure. But as I sat there licking my wounds, being weighed down by the loss, Helen's words echoed in my mind. Are you going to continue to ride the highs and lows of winning and losing, or are you going to care more about who you are as a person when the journey is over? As I began to reflect on those words, I started to really appreciate the rainbow that I had been on. I just had the opportunity to go after a world pull-up record in front of 20,000 cheering fans during an NFL football game. I might have fallen short, but I gave it my best effort. I didn't succeed today, but that doesn't mean I won't succeed tomorrow. So I'm already training and excited for my next attempt. And most importantly, my attempt was in support of a great cause, which was to raise money for a charity called Creative Vets, a terrific group that supports our veterans. And we accomplished that. Thanks to my sponsors, Safe Streets and Husky Bags, $25,000 went to this wonderful charity that night. It's important to remind ourselves to enjoy the rainbow. Take a moment to appreciate the little victories and all the blessings in our lives. We can't get so focused on the final destination that we miss all the incredible things along the way. Winning and losing, it doesn't define us. It's our character and who we are as a person at the end of the journey that counts. Well, guys, that's it for today. It's my goal with this podcast to reach and motivate as many people as possible. So if you have tips on how we can make this podcast better or you just have something you want to share with me, email me at theunstoppablepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Unstoppable Podcast. And if you do me a huge favor and like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, that would help me tremendously. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, be unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Safe Streets, the leader in smart home security and automation and America's only ADT authorized provider. Safe Streets will help protect what you value most. To talk to an expert and get a free quote today, call 844-980-SAFE. That's 844-980-7233. The Unstoppable Podcast is a production of Anthony Robles Enterprises, LLC, in partnership with Really Good Home Podcasts. I'd like to thank my editor, Laura Batista, producer Katie Pulatonoff, and my executive producer, Andy Frazier. Special thanks this episode to Flow Wrestling and their YouTube channel for the clip at the front of this episode. Have a great day, and remember, be unstoppable.